What up, Lit and Lucid Podcast fans? Welcome back to episode 25 of the show. This week, we're coming at you live from the Mile High and Portland, Oregon, with special guest Emma Chasen. Emma is a cannabis educator and has a background in medicinal plant research from Brown University. This week, we're going to touch on the plant and how it's a little bit different than indica sativa, so stay tuned for that. And also a little bit more about Emma's background and how she got started in cannabis. A few housekeeping items for the week are the Anchor added a new feature for you to donate now to podcast. So what me and Lucy would like to do in the future is to develop some video podcasts for our listeners and those who prefer video. So if you can, any donation that you put onto the podcast will go towards our future video episodes. And also, if you're somebody out there listening or somebody in the industry and would like to be on that video podcast, hit us up at litlucidpodcast at gmail.com and we'll discuss getting on that show. Stay tuned. Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast. This is episode 25 with Emma Chasen. She's a cannabis educator and consultant out of Portland, Oregon. What's up, Emma? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. Of course, my pleasure. All right, so we're going to dive a little bit into cannabis and education, which is an important topic here on the Lit and Lucid podcast. So we're excited to hear more from Emma, uh, but I'll start things off with a little brief background on her, and then she can kind of dive into her own story. Uh, But Emma's mission here is to educate people on the science of cannabis so they may take charge of their own healing. Uh, She graduated from Brown University in 2014 with a degree in medicinal plant research, and it was at that time when she started um, working on some oncology trials that she had a little bit of a disagreement with her professors. Uh, She wanted to use cannabis in the trials, and they were not really interested in doing that, so she decided to leave uh, Brown University and set out for Portland, Oregon. And there she started working for Pharma, which is a popular dispensary in Oregon. Uh, She started as a bud tender, working her way up uh, as a general manager, and eventually she created her own position for herself, which was the director of education. Uh, So with that position, she was really focusing her efforts on creating robust, uh, robust training programs based on science, product knowledge, and empathetic patient care, which is super important for the industry. Uh, after that job over at Pharma, she moved forward into joining forces with the Sativa Science Club, expanding her own curriculum into a certification program that you can find online and in Portland. So hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about what that program entails. And now she's kind of a consultant, continuing to focus on educational programs for dispensaries, helping them elevate their brands and setting them up for success in this ever-changing and overly competitive market. Quite the background, Emma. That was a great rundown. Doing all the things. (laughs) All the things, all the time. So welcome to the show. Um, I think you've got an excellent background and very diverse. And, you know, I laud your uh, determination really to to push forward and and create what you have created. I think it's extremely valuable to the industry. So thank you for that and and welcome. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it is definitely a mission-driven goal of mine to provide not only the industry, but also the community in general with more education around cannabis. We've been in um, kind of a research and an education blackout uh, during the last century of prohibition. A lot of states still are in prohibition. And so really looking to bring more scientific evidence uh, 
um, to the space in order to to really help people understand uh, the benefits of cannabis, the the potential, the medicinal potential of cannabis, and how they may be able to integrate it into their lifestyle. So maybe let's start with um, like these educational programs. So are they for bud tenders specifically, or for consumers, or and explain kind of what they are? Sure. Yes. So. I got my start in the retail side of the industry about three years ago, and I was a bud tender myself. I then became GM, and when I did make that choice to step down from general manager and really carve out a role for myself as director of education, it was because I noticed the complete lack of training or comprehensive education for this bud tender role. And to me, that was, still is, inexcusable. I mean, these people are connecting with the entire industry behind them. They're responsible for representing makers and growers and processors. They can easily make or break a company because they are also the ones who are interfacing with consumers. And right now, it is a consumer-driven market. The consumers are going to the bud tender as their kind of one reliable source of cannabis information and knowledge. And so to not arm these people who are going into these roles with any kind of information on the fundamentals of cannabis science, on product knowledge, on how to handle medical concerns when people come to you asking what they should take for cancer, um, to me was just absolutely ridiculous. And so that is um, when I started to develop these educational programs, um, not only at Pharma, but also for the the community at large. Um, And the program that I developed for the Sativa Science Club at first, it kind of started out with the bud tender in mind. Um, then it grew to be more of like a cannabis science certification. Um, so it covers a broad range of topics from botany to the endocannabinoid receptor system. And that launched about a year ago. And now I am coming out with a new program that will be specifically for the bud tenders. So national scalable uh, bud tender training that incorporates a few fundamentals of cannabis science to better be able to predict experience based on what the consumer wants or is looking for with some product knowledge, with some client care and also retail sales, how to really develop the finesse of selling cannabis because it's a new thing. Um, and then on top of that compliance. So I, I tailor a lot of the curriculum that I create to the bud tending community, but um, it can also be for any lay enthusiast for many different industry professionals as well. Cool. That's awesome, yeah. So we were researching a little bit on your background and it seems like you're really big on the indica sativa binary and uh, the chemo types of cannabis and how that really, I mean, it's, it's a lot more than just indica sativa. And I think even in Colorado, I mean, it's probably the same out there. People are just now starting to wrap their heads around that and still probably don't understand that. So what does that mean to you? And how would you go about explaining, you know, selecting cannabis nowadays? Sure. So debunking the indica sativa myth, I'd say, is probably my most popular workshop <laughs> um, right up there with terpenes. And those kind of go hand in hand where when we, when I say that, okay, you can't look to indica sativa to predict a 
consistent experience, then where do you look? And that is to the cannabinoids and terpenes. And the way that I explain it to my students is that when these terms, indica and sativa, were created, they were created with only the definition of how the plant grew. So indica grows short and bushy uh, with dense, compact female flowers. Sativa grows tall and skinny with loose female flowers. It's a narrow leaf variety. And at no point when these species were identified in the 1700s did the philosophers who uh, identified them like roll up a joint of indica and smoke it. And we're like, oh, I am so sedated right now. That just <laughs> didn't happen. We, as a community, ended up adopting these vernacular terms to better describe experience. And we don't even know if those, those ever did correlate to consistent experience. But even if they did, it doesn't really matter right now because we have an incredibly hybridized genetic population of cannabis due to the unchecked breeding that occurred during prohibition. And so we have an incredible level of genetic diversity. It leads to incredibly strong plants. We have quite a um, diverse chemotype, meaning a diverse range of those chemical compounds like cannabinoids and terpenes in the plant's matrix. However, it also means that almost everything currently on the cannabis market right now is a hybrid from a genetic standpoint. And so we can't look to these indica sativa classifications to like help us predict consistent experience because what that does is ultimately it's a disservice to the consumer where if they are looking for something to help them fall asleep and maybe they look online and find, oh, well, it says that I should look for something that's indica dominant and they go to a dispensary, they ask for something that's indica dominant, the bud tender gives it to them because they also saw that it this particular strain was labeled as indica dominant online and that person that takes it home consumes it and stays up all night well maybe then they'll make the decision for themselves that you know what cannabis is not for me which at this point in the industry at least in oregon we can't lose any potential cannabis consumers we need to be working to bring everyone into the fold and the way that you do better predict the experience for these consumers is by looking at the actual chemical compounds that they are consuming so when you smoke flower and inhale, you're not inhaling the plant morphology. You're not inhaling the way that it's growing. You're inhaling the chemical compounds, CBD, THC, the minor cannabinoids, all of the terpenes. And those are the compounds that are binding to your receptors to cause an effect. And so to really make more scientific, more accurate predictions for our consumers, we need to be looking to the chemical compounds in the plant matrix. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's completely divergent from how people were taught in the past. I mean, it's right. 100% indica sativa and you know, you have your hybrids that came online and um, it may take a while to, to kind of change that. But, you know, say somebody, so, so, you know, terpenes and cannabinoids, you know, but what's, what's the next step beyond that? You know, if you had to tell somebody, um, you know, you're looking for an indica high or how they are taught an indica high, what would they be looking for mm -hmm. on the terpenes or cannabinoid side to, to get, I guess, that, that high they're looking for? Yeah. Mm, definitely. So um, they'd probably, probably be looking to something that's THC dominant, um, though the, the cannabinoid ratios are not so much responsible for the kind of uh, nuance of effect or experience like the terpenes are. So 
if somebody's looking for a cultivar that is indica dominant, my, my first question to them would be, well, what kind of experience are you looking for? Do you want something that's more sedating, something that's just chill, something that will relieve your stress? I mean, the, the term indica is kind of an umbrella term for the more relaxing experience, but really like what in particular do you want to do when you consume cannabis? Um, and if it is something that they want to be more sedating for them, then I'll look to a terpene called myrcene, which is found in lemongrass, mango. It's also found in hops. Um, and I'll explain to them like, hey, think of when you maybe have had like five IPAs before and you get really drowsy. Um, of course, some of that's due to the alcohol content, but that's also due to this compound called myrcene that's actually found in high abundance and high concentration in IPA beer. Um, and so think of that same experience, that similar experience being what you may experience with this cannabis cultivar that's high in myrcene. Um, I'll also talk about linalool, the terpene found in lavender linalool um, being a compound that gives a really relaxing anti-anxiety anti-stress uh, experience and so if it is you just want to come home and relax on your couch maybe after a day at work then we'll look to something that's higher in linalool and then on the opposite side of the spectrum uh, if somebody wanted a more sativa dominant experience a more energizing stimulating experience I would pull out a cultivar that's high in limonene our citrus terpenes. So the terpene that is responsible for giving a certain euphoric lift. And I'll invite them to think about like busting open a citrus fruit in the morning and that little like mm, you get or cleaning the house with citrus products and, and you get a little lift. That's because of limonene and because of the way that limonene interacts with our serotonin and dopamine receptors. And so if you smell a citrus cultivar, think of that kind of experience being something that may be similar to the experience when you consume this cultivar. Cool. Yeah, that's way more in depth with the bud tenders than most of the conversations that are being had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Which is the problem definitely. because, I mean, especially since cannabis is so individualized, it's hard. It, it is kind of putting the bud tender in an, an awkward position because they don't know how somebody is going to react to a certain strain or a method of consumption. So it is very personable, but it is also their job as a bud tender to educate the consumer on what they're potentially going to consume. But at the end of the day, it really is the consumer's responsibility, you know, to make that determination. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the bud tender needs to kind of act as an informed guide to get the consumer to the product that will hopefully work best for them. While of course, also engaging in a conversation of we don't know that much about this plant yet. And it is highly variable, like any medicinal plant. And so we can't make any kind of claims. We can't um, say for sure that you will experience XYZ because of this compound. But we can at least move the conversation forward from indica sativa to a more scientific way of looking at it. So are the dispensaries um, organizing their bud like that? Like they're showing all the different um, terpene profiles. So we have a couple of dispensaries here in Denver that are starting to do that and moving away from indica and sativa at all. Yes. Um, not, not the majority I'd say um, are organizing their flower based on uh, 
chemotype or terpenes and cannabinoids, but there are definitely some. And there are also a lot of national brands that are really looking to bud tender training because it is true that, I mean, a dispensary... You can have almost identical products. You can have an identical design. Um, but the thing that sets you apart is your staff, is how mm-hmm. informed your staff is, what the level of customer service is like. Um, and, and companies are now starting to, to really realize that, that, okay, it is very important that we invest in our staff, that we make sure that they feel taken care of as well. Um, in terms of like living wages and a comprehensive onboarding program and benefits maybe um, so that way we can do better with customer retention and customer loyalty. Yeah. I mean, the bud tender position, I mean, people call it a bud tender because they try to equate it similar to a bartender, but I feel like a bud tender has so much more on their plate than a bartender would. You know, somebody goes into a bar and says, you know, give me a Coors or, you know, make me a, you know, a sex on the beach or something. Butt tending in cannabis is a little bit different because it can have a very drastic, you know, more immediate effect on your body. Say if somebody takes an edible for their first time, you know, an eight of 40 milligram edible, it's going to be a hell of a lot different than going and taking a shot of tequila or something. Um, and so I do think the butt tender education, I think it's a little bit more step up than what people realize. And I think butt tenders, even themselves, should take more pride in their job a little bit to become more educated because there is a lot of first-time consumers that are coming to them and relying a lot on that bud tender to help give them that experience they're looking for. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And when you have people coming to bud tenders in lieu of their doctors, because their yeah. doctors don't really know um, how to talk about cannabis, some don't even want to touch it at all, then that is a responsibility on not only the the bud tender's part, but the shop that they belong Mm -hmm. to. It's a liability. Mm -hmm. If you don't train your bud tenders to navigate that conversation appropriately in compliance and provide as much information as possible without making claims, well, then you could have a very serious situation on your hands. Yeah. Well, and then, but what about on the other side, like the issues, like, I'm, I don't know if in Oregon, but in Colorado, bud tenders have high turnover rates. So these companies are spending and investing a lot of time into education on somebody who might there be there for like three, six months. So kind of what is that conversation like? Yes. So that is definitely a problem in Oregon. We do have high turnover. Um, but what I have seen in the shops that do invest in their employees, in the shops that do provide employees, bud tenders with education, that do give them a living wage, that do give them benefits even, then you have much higher retention. You don't have this high turnover rate. You actually have a really low turnover rate because people who were getting into the industry are actually like feeling like they're getting something out of their job. Um, typically in all of the bud tenders that I've talked to in all of the people who have started out bud tending and then kind of quickly transitioned out, it was because they went in and it was just like any other retail job, except they had a lot more responsibility and they were not armed with the information and they just were like, Whoa, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I thought I was going to get where shops that do invest in education that do invest in their employees um, actually have 
employee like retention. Um, I was just at a shop this past Sunday leading a workshop and they'd been open for two years and they had the same exact staff as when they opened two years ago, um, which I think is awesome because the owner is investing in her employees. Absolutely. For sure. All right, well, let's um, switch gears here a little bit. So your tagline on your website is that you're, um, you're, let's see, the mission to educate people on the science of cannabis so they may take charge of their own healing. So what, in essence, does that mean to you? Yeah, so I've always been fascinated with plant medicine. I've always thought that um, our healthcare system in America is pretty diseased and we need to move towards a more integrative model of Western medicine combined with plant medicine. That is why I got my degree from Brown in medicinal plant research and ethnobotany um, with the hopes to to really be a champion for this kind of integrative model. Thought I was going to go to naturopathic school and get my ND, kind of rerouted and arrived in cannabis, but still... Um, I'm able to apply that mission in the cannabis industry. And actually, I, I see cannabis as the all-star medicinal plant that really could lead the way for a, a botanical revolution, in a sense, um, for more people really beginning to understand um, what, what their body responds well to, um, whether it be a certain pharmaceutical or another medicinal plant or cannabis or all of them combined. Um, and because in any plant medicine, there is such high variability of experience. There's no standardized dose. So especially in cannabis, something that I take that works really well for me may not work well for you at all, or you may need triple the dose that I do. Um, my goal in what I do in educating is to empower the consumer, empower a person with as much information as possible so that they can really feel empowered to experiment with this medicinal plant in particular, with cannabis. Um, I tell people all the time that cannabis doesn't have a defined lethal dose, that it actually cannot shut down your heart your breathing, or your brain function. And so I want to give you as much information as possible so that you feel like you are choosing the right product for the experience that you want. But I also want you to feel really empowered and then taking that product, having the kind of dosing guidelines that I've laid out for you, um, maybe starting a consumption journal of your own to really start to experiment, of course, safely and consciously experiment um, with yourself to really arrive at uh, a place of healing for yourself, whatever that may mean. It could be for cancer. It could just be for generalized anxiety or stress or like the um, complete mess that is the world right now and like feeling okay with that. Um, I do think that the line in cannabis between recreational and medicinal is quite blurred at times where like, yeah, I mean, if you're smoking a joint at like 2 a.m. after being super drunk, then like, sure, we're, sure, it's recreational. But for the most part, I mean, I've seen people come in who just want to relax, maybe ease some pain, maybe like use it as they would a glass of wine at the end of the night. And to me, that is a part of a process of healing. It really is, yeah, and I think cannabis, cannabis could be that drug of choice for a lot of people if they decide to take that step. 
Um, you know, my big studies in college was in, in psychology and neuroscience and recognizing there's a massive epidemic of mental health right now and a lot of that stress and anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. And so people want to turn to something that they can relieve that stress and anxiety but not feel like they're doing hard drugs or on pharmaceutical drugs their whole life. And cannabis is just that. Um, and I think people need to realize that, you know, as we touched on at the very beginning of this episode, that there's different types of cannabis and maybe you had a bad experience your first time, but it doesn't have to be. And, you know, maybe go back in and just start a conversation with your bud tender, reach out to any of us, reach out to Emma and uh, maybe find a better product that can work for you because not everybody is the same and everybody's different. And, um, you know, cannabis really can probably be a, a benefit to you in some way or, you know, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So how did you, um, I mean, cannabis was probably obviously on your mind when you were at Brown University and um, how did your life kind of dive into cannabis and how did you kind of recognize that it had healing benefits? Yeah, so I was like pretty puritanically straight edge in high school. I come from a very, um, very like average, mediocre uh, New York public school system um, and in the 60 plus years that my high school had been around, nobody had ever gotten to Brown, gotten into Brown. And I had this idea in my head since I was in like fifth grade, I, I don't know how or why that, um, I was going to be the one to get in. And so I like was so intense. I took as many AP classes as possible. I was like a freak in all the extracurricular activities I did. And I had like sworn off alcohol, weed, any type of, of substance at all. I even then when I got into Brown, um, still did not engage with any substance and even elected to like go into substance free housing, um, which is hilarious <laughs> as like people know me now. They're like, what the hell were you thinking? I don't know. Um, and, and so I got to Brown, which is definitely like the hippie of the Ivy Leagues. I mean, everybody smokes weed there. And I ended up joining an acapella group um, where I met this girl who was two years older than me. So she was a junior when I was a freshman and she smoked a ton of weed and she was brilliant. I mean, she was studying neuroscience. Um, she was really fascinated by the way in which the compounds engaged with the neurochemical pathways to like create an effect. And I kind of shared in that, that fascination. And I also saw like, oh my God, there are so many brilliant people here that get a ton of stuff done, that have a ton of high energy, and they almost all smoke weed. And so that was like a, an aha moment for me of like, okay, maybe like the D.A.R.E. campaign was not exactly <laughs> correct in, in the information that it was telling me. Um, maybe there, this isn't so bad after all. And so my second semester of my freshman year, um, I did decide to smoke weed uh, for the first time and found that like it really worked for me. It worked for my anxiety, it helped me go to sleep. Um, and serendipitously enough, I was also taking a freshman seminar that semester called Botanical Roots of Modern Medicine. And I loved it. I just fell in love with it. Um, my professor was really awesome. And at Brown, since it is so hippie, they really let you do whatever you want. And so I was able to devise my own program within the biology department of medicinal plant research and ethnobotany, um, wanted to do my senior thesis project on cannabis, wouldn't let me, of course, so I did it on Mexican oregano instead. Um, and, and then when I graduated, 
I went on to Bruhag, Brown University Oncology Research Group, and um, worked in the office coordinating clinical oncology trials nationwide. And I really thought that that could be my impact. That could be where I um, I started to actually research cannabis and, and maybe even got a trial through. And uh, uh, there was a really brilliant professor who proposed a cannabis trial to my supervisor and she laughed him out of the office. And that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back for me there. I mean, I, I had seen just how many billions of dollars go into the cancer industry. And it definitely like was a, a moment of like, mm-hmm, do I want to be in the medical industry at all? You know, there's, there's so much money. It is controlled by pharmaceutical companies. I mean, I'm talking like billion dollar trial after billion dollar trial to just get these drugs through. And so that's when I, I quit that job and I was like, you know what? I've lived on the East coast my whole life. Um, I want a new adventure. And I was still thinking naturopathic school at that time. Um, And so I came out to Portland, Oregon, having never been here before and decided to just um, move here. And I got like a month's vacation rental. And I was like, you know what? If it doesn't work out in a month, I could always go back to New York, do every, do join a marketing firm, do the same thing that my peers are doing. Um, And, and I like, ended up getting here right before the early onset of adult use sales in Oregon. And so all the dispensaries were hiring um, and I, I needed a job really badly. And so I fell into the cannabis industry in that way and just found that I had such a knack for it and I loved it. And I still do three years later. I mean, it is a rocky freaking road and a roller coaster ride. Um, but that's what makes it so exciting to be at the forefront of something creating uh, this this very like nation new industry um, is is awesome. It's huge. I love the background too, and I love the determination to to always be seeking that avenue for opportunity too. That's huge, and mm-hmm. I think that's very important for people to catch up on. That you know, don't don't let a wall block you. Don't get stuck somewhere where you're not happy. Just always you know keep an eye open for something and. And even like you did, you didn't really have much out there. You just kind of jumped the gun and ran out there and, and kind of made something happen out of nowhere. So yeah, it's true. I mean, I tell people all the time, just be bold. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just try right. um, and and live with the motto as I do of like, hopefully you'll never be homeless and you'll never go hungry. I mean, if you can make a decision where those two things will, no matter what, be taken care for you taking care of for you um because of family and friends then do it try it why not um failure is definitely something that i i don't really see as failure um in the sense of like if you try something and it doesn't work out do something else it's not the end of the world you'll be okay right yeah i know we always say like action is better than inaction like if you're just thinking Mm -hmm. about doing something you might as well just try exactly what is the harm in it right because you're going to kick yourself in six months or a year and be like oh i should have just done that and if you would have already started you would have been so much farther 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of my my favorite quotes that uh, I I see floating around a lot is that like there is somebody out there who is doing exactly what you are doing, but they're less qualified, and they're they're doing it just because they believe in themselves. Right. And so just believe in yourself. I know that the imposter syndrome is real. I mm-hmm. definitely have it at times of like, who am I to be doing all of this? Um, but at the same time, it's like, why not? Right. You know. Exactly. Oh, for sure. That's awesome. So if you if you're thinking of an idea out there and you're you're sitting on your thumbs today, don't be sitting on your thumbs, please. Just go do something. Start a yes. Facebook page. Start right. an Instagram. Write a blog. Write your ideas down. Make a checklist. Call a friend. Share your idea. I don't know. Just do something. Encourage exactly. yourself. Exactly. We believe in you. For sure. Yeah, we do believe in you. Yeah. <laughs> and we've all been there too. We've all been in the same place. So we're, you know, just take our advice and. Honestly, if you need to reach out to us, say, hey, we'll, we'll encourage you. Yeah, this yeah. podcast started with Jared being like, oh, I want to start a podcast. And yeah. I was like, okay, so when do we start? Yeah, sitting at a like, coffee what? shop, just kind of peering out a window like, we should start a podcast. And here we are a few months later and 25 episodes later. Yeah. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just about that hustle. And really, like, how hard are you willing to hustle for what you want right. to achieve? Um, a lot of people ask me all the time, like, oh, how did, how did you get to where you are? How did you get to be a public figure? It's like a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. I worked really hard. I continue to work really hard, go to networking events, meet people, work on relationship management. I think that people see like success is happening overnight still. And it's like, no, it does not. It takes a while and it takes a hustle and a grind. But if you love what you do, then it's totally worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. Ladies wake every day and kick ass every day. And go back to sleep every night and wake <laughs> Just up Just try again. <laughs> yep, <it> exactly. <laughs> All right, one yeah. last thing before you go. Uh, I know you're on a radio show as well. This is Cannabis. So do you want to tell us about that or how viewers can listen? Yeah, definitely. So that was also kind of started um, at the beginning of the summer now, beginning of June, where uh, a colleague of mine in the industry, Lee Henderson, he uh, is a co-owner of Hi-Fi Farms, a cannabis grow out in Oregon. He was like, you know, somebody needs to be doing something um, for like more consumer education and, and beyond, really educating the people who like know that the cannabis industry is happening, but have never like gone into a dispensary, have never involved themselves in it whatsoever. Um, And I was like, yes, totally. You're right. We do need to do that. And he was like, we should start a radio show. And I was like, cool, (laughs) let's do it. Um, And so we have a radio show called This is Cannabis on a local Portland radio station, uh, X-Ray FM. And it also then um, uploads to Apple Podcasts the day after. Um, and it's really looking at like the, the kind of inside scoop of the Oregon cannabis scene while also um, trying to, to give people those nuggets of education information of when you walk into a dispensary, this is what you can expect. This is what you should ask. Um, we talk about everything from edibles and the science behind edibles and our own experience with them to cannabis and seniors. How can we engage the senior population who could so benefit from cannabis but also feel so alienated from the industry? Um, and so, so yeah, it's been really fun and exciting to be on kind of the opposite end of, of uh, what, I, what I usually am, meaning like 
I usually am the interviewee on on podcasts, so to be able to be the interviewer has been really exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, it's weekly uh, Thursday nights, <laughs> seven p.m. PST uh, on X Ray FM in Portland, or uploads on Friday. Yeah, cool. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah, thank we'll throw you. Some, uh, we'll throw some links in our Instagram and Facebook for you guys to find it as well. Yeah, and, awesome. Uh, listen to Emma and her element. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Emma. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate all the knowledge you provided everybody. Of course. Yeah. Thanks again for having me on. Yeah. And so if anybody wants to find Emma, I think it's Emma Chasen at .com or something. What are you Yep. EmmaChasen.com. Cool. Yep. You can find her online. So if you're a company in Oregon and you need some employee bud tender training, hit her up. Please. Absolutely. <laughs> appreciate your time. Appreciate your knowledge and passion and and we'll definitely touch base here soon and get a recap on your uh, continued journeys. Thank you so much. Yep. All Thank right. You. And with that, I'm Lit. I'm Lucid. And that's it. Laters. This episode of Lit and Lucid Podcast is produced in partnership with YooHoo Creative and Design. YooHoo Creative specializes in marketing, social media management, content creation, and other creative needs. YooHoo, helping your company become who you need to be. If you're interested in learning more, hit us up at yoohoocreative at gmail.com.